0: profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.
1: And to see that, oh, if we actually took these times to connect with loved ones or to do something for us, that's going to support me more than sitting at my desk right now, and I'm going to be able to focus better tomorrow.
0: Welcome to Epic Business Growth for CPAs, My name is Geraldine Carter, founder of She Thinks Big Coaching. This is the place to be if you're a CPA who wants to grow your accounting practice. Weekly episodes are full of strategies and action steps that create a clear path for growth without working harder. Time to get inspired and grow your business. Hey, podcast listeners. Before we jump into today's episode with Christine Lustick, I have a couple of things. And one of them is I want to share another epic wipeout with you. Apparently I've been a disaster in the kitchen these last 24 hours. If you listened to last week's episode where I talked about um, lighting my spatula on fire in the oven at 430 before putting the yam fries in um, and that wiping out is part of the deal, well, I just wiped out again. I poured some boiling water into my giant kombucha pot and the whole thing went and the bottom blew out and water went everywhere, all over the kitchen. And maybe that's my just dessert for (laughs) lecturing you guys on uh, the need to wipe out. (laughs) All right. The next one is that I have an iTunes review for you. This one is from RBC Chicago Girl. She says, practical and relatable nuggets of wisdom in each episode. Five stars. Thank you, RBC Chicago Girl, whoever you are. And if you have not left a retu, a retu, a review in iTunes yet, I would really appreciate it. They help with SEO and they also make me feel better when <laughs> I can't hear everybody and it's just crickets and my meowing cats. You used to be able to do it in the Apple podcast app straight from the app. I'm not sure you can do it anymore. You might have to go over to the desktop version and go into iTunes and do it from there. So it is multiple steps where you might not be present. So if you can make it happen, I super duper appreciate it. And the last thing before I jump into our conversation with Christine, and that is that you hear from me every week and I would love to hear from you. I would love to know a bit more about you, listeners. I know you're out there and I know what podcast apps you use, but that's all. Knowing a bit more about you would help me provide you with content that's directly tailored to what you need. So I created a super simple survey that takes less than two minutes to fill out and to incent you to share a bit more about your story and to take 60 seconds out of your day, you have the opportunity to win a 25-minute flash coaching session with me. For every five people who fill out the survey, I will give away one session. So your odds are 20%. I think those are good odds. So the link to that survey is at the top of the show notes, which you should be able to get if you're listening on your device or you can get it from the top of the show notes if you're on desktop by going over to shethinksbigcoaching.com. All right, Christine Lustig is a PhD and the owner of Mindfulness in Organizations. After spending 14 years in leadership and in the arena of online higher education, Christine transitioned to a role of helping teams and the individuals in them to thrive. Christine works with leaders and teams who find themselves in a culture of stress, disconnection, overwhelm, and chaos, and uses the practices of mindfulness and proactive resilience to change the culture to one of connection, productivity, focus, and resiliency. I wanted to talk with Christine to tap into her expertise about nourishing our minds and our bodies at the time of the year when caring for ourselves might be falling off our calendars. Being able to find and maintain focus when there are lots of moving parts in front of us is a skill that requires constant attention and maintenance. The result of caring for our minds, hearts, and bodies most often leads to increased effectiveness and increased effectiveness and productivity, and getting the same amount of work done in less time. It's like Buddha said, sit for 30 minutes daily. When busy, sit for one hour. Christine is full of gems that I think you will find great benefit from. Please welcome Christine Lustig. Christine, welcome to the Epic Business Growth for CPAs podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Geraldine. I'm so excited for this conversation today, and it is perfect timing because we are headed right into the heart of busy tax season for CPAs. And you and I are not CPAs, but what we think we know about that experience is that there is a lot of work and more work than can possibly done under a short deadline. And a lot of CPAs get stressed out in this time frame. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to talk about today is how we might use mindfulness techniques to help us keep our stress under control. Sounds great. Before we jump into the content, why don't you give us a short background on how you got to where you are as a teacher of all things mindfulness? Well,
1: this is my second career. So... I have a PhD in leadership and education and used to be a director of distance education within colleges and loved it. Really felt like I made a difference running outreach sites and online programs and burned out swimming upstream in traditional education. How did I get here is because of that. Much like most people that most people come to me when they're totally burned out, or at the very bottom of their game, they're exhausted, just like that's how I found these tools. And my goal now, I found mindfulness. It was like, okay, I feel sane again. And then I started doing training. And all of a sudden, I realized, wait a minute, maybe I can help other people who are educated and experienced in what they do, continue to be able to do what they do and love it without burning out. So that's my goal now. I, you know, I left a career three years after I got a PhD in it. (laughs) Oh. I would like to help other people actually stay in what they're educated in and they love and get the tools to keep making a difference in the world the way they're doing it.
0: Oh, that story just kind of strikes a little arrow in my heart because you put in all this time and effort to get a PhD. That is no small feat. And then promptly burned yourself out within three years and basically left behind the thing that you had worked so hard to create.
1: Yeah, it took me a couple of years to realize it's still it's still very beneficial to me. I use it in a whole lot of different little ways. Yeah. But uh, let me tell you, it was shocking to my husband when I decided <laughs> I needed
0: to leave that career after all that effort. Wait, what? You're doing what? <laughs> So we think that it's fair to guess or assume that there are CPAs who are in similar situations, who have a lot more on their plate than they can reasonably get to in a sort of sane and um, stable kind of way. And they end up sort of being in the fire and just having to crank through and crank out returns and who knows what else. And when they do that year after year after year, it takes its toll. Maybe a useful place for us to start would be at a, at a super high level, like, I, like at a kind of superficial level, if somebody finds themselves listening to this episode on, say, April 2nd, you know, and they've got like two weeks left and they are stressed out and all they can see is April 15th and they can't imagine how they're gonna get to April 15th without having to burn the candle at both ends and not see their spouse and barely see their kiddos and hardly see the light of day. And in addition, it's gonna be super stressful. Where should they start? That's a great
1: question. Because at that point in time, they can't see 10 feet in front of them. They know April 15th is there, but they're not sure how they're going to get there or how they're going to get everything done that's in a pile on their desk by that time. And I would say that where they should start is actually going to be in embracing a slight mindset change. That's going to be a little scary when I say this. (laughs) Sorry, we're, we're okay with fear on this podcast. Okay, we're good with fear. Excellent. So... I actually get that mind mindset. When I started uh, meditating 15 years ago, or something, I was that person who had 120 people under them and was like, "This person's crazy. I don't have 10 minutes a day, and <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about." And then I figured out if I took a few minutes. My mind cleared and I could actually focus and move forward in a much more organized, structured way. So the first thing I would invite, as I give you some really concrete tips today, hopefully, the first thing I really invite you to do is to say, no, I do have three minutes. And to invite you to recognize early on that by taking those three minutes, you're going to save
0: Unlimited time in being scattered and overwhelmed. You are talking to me too. <laughs> so they get to the point where they're like, oh my God, it's April 2nd and I am, I'm not, I can't even see the light of day. And she's asking me to take three or 10 minutes a day. Say that our listener has bought into like, I'm willing to give you two and a half, make it quick. <laughs> what do they do with two and a half? Like, how do we even? What's the starting point? I'll take the two and a half.
1: <laughs> and the first thing to do is what we need to do is something that's going to bring us back to the present moment, away from the fear of what's coming and the rumination about what we're not getting done or we haven't gotten done yet. And just be in the present moment for in some. That's the really the only way to get some space in the brain in between all of the scattered thoughts flying all over the place of what we should be doing. So a couple of things we can do in those two and a half minutes. One, if you've experienced meditation at all in the past or, or anything like that, check in, come back to your body and your breath, check in, follow the breath in and out. I would argue if only three, four times a day you stopped and make it in between a project or in between clients because that's like a natural restarting point, right? So if you stop, you feel the weight of your feet on the floor and you just follow your breath as it flows in and out of the body. And, and to, if for, it can make, you can make it easy, like lean against the back of the chair and follow your back moving as it expands and softens three times. Just do that three times and then turn to the next pile and begin again. That's the, just the first natural way to begin to re, reset. We want to use that transition time in between our projects and our clients to reset our brains so we can move forward. And it's something you can do at the end of the day, too, to give yourself a quick reset so that you can go home to your loved ones and your kiddos, as you said, and give them a little time before you start back at work
0: after dinner. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I love this idea. I've- the first thing is just even noticing the risk of not making it a habit is that you launch right into your day and you just lose all sense of awareness of your own internal state. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of thinking for myself and I know for myself that I want to, I need to be doing this. And I've even committed to my own coach that I would and told her that I would send her an accountability text when I started. And that was four weeks ago. It just It's really hitting home for me that even starting small sets the tone for the day that I can then, and our listeners too, you know, it sets the tone and allows us a place to remember three to four times a day in between clients, in between projects. Mm -hmm. And then wrapping up at the end of day, resetting again so that we don't carry this sort of mental crazy and the, the arcade game of pinball with 10 balls bouncing around inside our head into the next part of our day.
1: Yeah. What if we set the intention to not just barely make it through the end of the day and through tax season. <laughs> but what if we set the intention that, yep, this is going to be a demanding time, but I can be focused and it's going to be okay.
0: Ooh, I like it. You're upping the bar for rather than just allowing ourselves to default into scatterbrain, believing that we can be focused and setting that as like the place to return to.
1: Yeah. What if that's, that's the normal And we're going to do projects that are going to like overwhelm us, and we're going to have to come back to the normal. And we're going to meet with clients who are going to overwhelm us. I would guess for each of your listeners, clients are different. You have some clients that they deal with every year who come in, hand them their paperwork, leave, life is good, it's pretty easy. Then you have other clients who freak out every year, or they tried something new. I unfortunately was one of those people last year who was a little overwhelmed because I'd done some contract work, and while I should have known the repercussions of that, I did not know the tax repercussions of that. And so when I get everything back, I'm like, okay, that work was hardly worth it, and I was overwhelmed. So they are dealing with people like me who weren't as prepared as they should have been, people who are normally prepared, people who give them boxes of scraps of paper. Like, there's just so many different types of emotional and mental Stuff that's coming into their offices. What if we said, no, my clarity and focus is the baseline. And sometimes I'm going to go up from that, but I know I can return to that baseline when that person leaves my office again.
0: I love this idea of returning to the baseline and having clarity and focus be returned to the baseline rather than just like accept that scattered is the must be the default. <laughs> And what about, since we're on it? um tips for dealing with people who show up with their whole ball of emotion, right? And some people show up and they're kind of settled and calm, and then things are good, like you say. And other people show up, and they are just a whirlwind of their own emotion, stress, fear, guilt, shame, embarrassment, about their financial state, about their taxes, what have you. Mm-hmm. We know that kind of emotions can be catchy, right? Like you can choose to be impacted by somebody else's emotional state or not, but that can be quite difficult to manage. I'm wondering if you have tips and tricks for that.
1: Yeah, it's really difficult to manage, especially if we're just allowing ourselves to flow with whatever comes that day. If we don't have any intention of what, what our goals are. A couple specific tips are of course going back to that idea of can our focused, calm self be the baseline that we can return to. But also it's super important to just check in with ourselves so often. We often just flow through without paying any attention to how other things are, are hitting us. So you imagine like if I was wearing a big Velcro suit and somebody was throwing balls at me or something, right? <laughs> and and ideally, I would rather be wearing a, a suit where the balls bounced off of me, especially if they were emotions and and overwhelm. But if they all stick to me, then I'm taking that in. And that's not, you know, we have, we're always trying to connect with people. We get that somebody's having a hard time or every year's different, right? And so having that compassion can actually allow that to seep in. And it's okay for a short period of time, but it makes that, that pause at the end of that meeting, even more important. I have uh, something I call a purposeful pause. And I think for this, it's the the ideal thing. It still can only be, needs to be a few minutes, but you, instead of just touching base with your breath, you actually take a second and you check in and with your heart and you're like, okay, what's, what, what am I feeling right now? Am I feeling heavy or overwhelmed or sad for the circumstances I just heard about and that's going to make it hard for me to focus coming up. You have to just acknowledge that. If you don't acknowledge it, it's, you're going to get, it's going to start swirling around inside. Then we check in with our head and think, okay, am I clear and ready to move forward? Do I need to breathe a little bit? Do I need some fresh air and check in with the body? Those three things, our body, our heart, and our mind are the things that are taking in the emotion and they're the things that get in the way of our focus. So if we can just take a couple minutes and be like, what's getting in the way? Do I, like how many, uh, how often do we just keep pushing through to the next project instead of getting up and going to the bathroom when that would actually help us focus better <laughs> um, all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so those are the I suggest checking in with those three things. Am I holding on to anything from that person who has very valid worries and but. That's not holding on to them myself isn't going to help me move forward and help support them. Because you ideally want to support them and do the best you can with their paperwork to help them with their worries. But if their f- emotions and mental freak out is all in your head, that's going to be hard. So you want to be able to clear yourself so you can settle.
0: And remind us how we clear ourselves so we can settle. Purposeful pause. The purposeful pause. Yeah. So tell us more about the purposeful pause. So
1: the purposeful pause is simply coming taking a second, coming back to the weight of yourself in that present moment. Then you check in with your heart and you're like, okay, what am I, what emotions am I taking from that last? How do I feel? Do I feel heavy? And you might just feel heavier light or you might see specific emotions, sad or happy, depending on who you just sat with. Just noticing how is this affecting me? Then we check in with the mind. Is the mind scattered and overwhelmed? I mean, often we go through our whole day with a scattered mind instead of recognizing, oh, this is how I feel. There are some things I can do about that. And then we check in with the body. And I was gonna let you know that I have, I think it's a four minute recorded guided purposeful pause that I'm happy to give you to put on your site with these notes if your people would like to download it. Yeah,
0: we would love that. Absolutely. We'll put that, um, we will put a link to that in the show notes and we'll include it in the email that goes along with this episode. So for people who are listening, but not on the subscriber, on my subscriber list, make sure you get on if you want to have access to Christine's guided meditation. So what am I holding? Check in with your heart, check in with your mind, check in with your body. And at the end of that, now what can I do to move forward in a positive way? What can I do to move forward in a positive way? And what does that, what might that entail, for example? That can entail a couple different things,
1: depending on you as an individual or what you've been dealing with. Often just by acknowledging, oh, that was a heavy session and I'm feeling this way, it'll kind of disperse and you'll be okay. But sometimes you might recognize in the body, oh, I need a glass of water. I need to go to the bathroom. Sometimes it's as easy as that. I need a breath of fresh air so I can come back and focus. Water... And bathroom are probably the things we put off the most <laughs> when we're, when we're um, stuck at our desk working and also not getting the fresh air we need. Even just stepping outside for a second and coming back in is going to give us, walking around the house one time or the office <laughs> is going to give us that refocus. So, some, so it can look as simple as that. It can look as simple as getting up and going, getting some water, sitting back down, starting afresh, restarting that idea of restarting each time. Um, and if you really took something on, it might be a little more of uh, reminding yourself of what your purpose is to help them. That your purpose isn't to hold on to their, their grief. You're sad for them, but your goal is to help make it better for them through the numbers. So to refocus yourself on what you're, how you're supporting that person.
0: Oh, I like that. Right, Rather than focus on the nature of their challenges and the emotionality associated with those challenges, challenges to refocus on my own, your own purpose, which is to do what I can do, do what you can do to help. And that we in fact, don't serve them in any way, making that challenge better when we're caught in it with them. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering about what might be some of the mental drivers that result in somebody sitting down at their desk from 7am to 7pm 7, 7 with you know only two necessary breaks. Like, What are the thoughts that drive that. I notice for my own self, sometimes that way of being, I question why I'm doing it, right? Like I don't have 150 returns to do, but I still have work to do. And I still have a business that I'm creating and would like to continue to grow. And somewhere in there is a series of thoughts that is on a tape, that is on a loop, on autoplay, that has me at my desk eight to nine hours a day, and I do not have any awareness into what those thoughts are at the moment, <laughs> but it makes me wonder there are probably some people out there who are hanging out with some similar tapes that I have that you know have our butt in the chair, although I stand at my desk, that have us like figuratively chained to our desk all day, and I'm just wondering about the usefulness potentially of accessing those thoughts and those beliefs as one other way of Shifting the sort of habitual pattern of unconscious behavior.
1: That usefulness of accessing those thoughts and beliefs that you're that what holds us there. I think that's very useful. You know, for so many of your listeners, I would guess it it's very similar for 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 most of us, right? What holds us in that space is the scarcity of of I have to make hay while the sun shines. This is the time and and you're either in the time where you're very busy and you can't you got to hold on to that because you you you're trying to get to abundance but you're not there yet and so or there's some fear about um next year could not be as good or whatever it is like there's there's usually some sort of a mostly unknown fear that if i don't work all the time, I'm not gonna succeed at this. And we get that from our cultures, from our families, from all sorts of things, right, that tell us that. But I think it's super important to recognize that, because only when we recognize that can we begin to also believe, can we begin to see how, how that's affecting us in frustration and anxiety. And how we can begin to see that, oh, if we actually took these times to connect with loved ones or to do something for us, that's going to support me more than sitting at my desk
0: right now. Mm.
1: And I'm going to be able to focus better tomorrow or whatever, whatever the, the challenges
0: that they're facing in that moment. That's really helpful. I have some exploring to do. <laughs> it's ongoing for all of us. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I know. It's like once you're on the journey, you're never off it. Sorry. Totally. <laughs> Hey listeners, jumping in here for just a minute to ask, have you read the pumpkin plan but have yet to implement it? I'm super excited to now offer pumpkin plan implementation as a service to my clients. I'm officially a pumpkin plan certified strategist. For those of you who have read the book, get the concept and know that you want to incorporate it into your business. I have a special offer to get started. Together, we can do a top client assessment session. In these sessions, we clearly define your ideal client niche. We identify your most profitable clients, and we strategize how to efficiently and cost effectively reach and fill your business with your ideal clients. These sessions are great for business owners who are exhausted by sell deliver, sell deliver, who are tired of running in a hundred directions and need clarity before they can simplify. So if you're ready to get off the hamster wheel of churning out 1040s and getting nickel and dime for them, this is your path out. And here's the deal. These sessions are normally $797, but just for you listeners, until February 29th, Leap Day, you can book yours for the unbeatable value of $297. That's a $500 savings. This deal is unlikely to come around again. If you want to take advantage of this offer, go to the link in the show notes. It's shethinksbigcoaching.com forward slash top hyphen client hyphen assessment. And if you can't get there via the show notes, just email me, Geraldine at com, and we'll get you set up. If you're ready to simplify your business and start working with more of your top clients and start working with a lot fewer of your less than ideal clients, this might be just the thing for you. All right, now back to the show. You mentioned that there were some things, it sounds like there are some, in addition to, you know, checking in with yourself, taking some breaths, finding your feet, finding your center, asking yourself what's going on in your mind, what's going on in your heart, that there are also, if we can talk about those generally as like inward activities, it sounds like there are also some outward, if you will, activities that that help us kind of clear our minds and resettle. And there may be some outward activities that we think are helpful, but maybe are not.
1: That uh, I like the way you put that. <laughs> that may or may not be helpful, <laughs> and and that's it's funny because I always cringe a little when I when I use and or see the word self care, right? Because it's been so misused in our society. But I always kind of start with self care isn't unfortunately sitting on the couch watching Netflix eating bonbons, and. It's more the long-term health benefits. So as we're looking at something like this, there are a lot of things we can do in the moment to release tension or feel like we're getting out like uh, going out with friends. And and going out with friends can be a really positive, helpful thing depending on what you're doing. Um, I drink my fair share of wine and beer, so don't. But if we're going out with only negative friends who are who want to encourage us to hold in that negativity, they wanna rant about something and they're gonna let you rant about it, which is okay, but then they're gonna feed into it so you don't feel better at the end that 's not a healthy release of your time because you don 't come recovered the next day, um, but if you go out with positive friends who support you and they might listen to you but challenge you to clear your head or you 're going out just to do things um, to dance or to do something that 's outward, usually body movement, so these things like um, how we, how we take afternoons off to go skiing or that's going to support our mind and our focus so much better. And I think it's really important to know that because that doesn't mean we have to stop going out with other friends, but maybe it doesn't happen during tax season for the CPAs, right? And we just choose the things that we can handle energy-wise at that time that are going to build our energy. The things that are going to build our energy when we are really busy and have a lot to do are the things that are going to gently clear our brains, so the fresh air things, and then connecting with really positive loved ones and people. We, have, uh, we know that resilient people, people who get stronger through hard times instead of not being able to overcome them, one of the key qualities they have is that they have a network that they not only give to, but they use. So I would invite the CPAs out there to know that their friends know what they're going through right now. (laughs) Yeah. And this is the time when they should be using their network, calling on them to go for a walk after work or to take two hours and do something positive with that friend you love spending time with that's going to nourish you and support you. Pick activities that are going to nourish your body and, and mind so that you can come back clear and focused.
0: Somewhere way back in this conversation, you said the word compassion, and it's a term that definitely gets put out there. Can you talk about how we can cultivate moments of compassion when we're feeling stressed, frustrated, overwhelmed, annoyed, irritated, pissed off, scared, whatever? How can we cultivate compassion and how will it help us?
1: I used the word because it's what I needed. I still need most in my life Um, because I was busy being really hard on myself, which is why I burned out, right? I was busy doing nothing more than what I should be doing harder, faster, better. Mm. And that compassion, compassion is the ability to, we know through Dr. Kristen Neff, who does research on this, that self-compassion has, Three parts, And it's the same with compassion with others. We have to be able to find the self-awareness of knowing we're in a hard spot. That self-awareness is the same thing that allows us to see that somebody else is really struggling right now. We have to have a connection to common humanity. And I'm still human. <laughs> Apparently, I'm still going to struggle sometimes. <laughs> Mm. And that person is a part of common humanity. If there's somebody sitting across your desk struggling, that's like, you're like, okay, really? They're gonna bring this into my office? And to know that they don't wanna be expressing that any more than you wanna be hearing it. And something is overwhelming them also. So that awareness of what they're going through or what we're going through and that connection of we're all human and we all have times like this where we can't seem to control ourselves exactly. Um, and then the kindness of being like it's okay it 's going to pass and for me i the i keep i 've been coming back more and more to this word nourish this this idea of nourishing ourselves with this idea that as humans we don't always have control of life. People move around us and do things that we don't we're not ready for maybe in a vehicle or something else, or they're totally on a different path because they've got something specific they're supposed to be doing that day. You know, there's so many things that go on in every single individual human and we're all moving together. Mm-hmm. And imagine, right? Like if if you have uh, one of those big balls that, um, that are the lottery balls, <laughs> all those little balls are flying around, they all bump into each other over and over and over again. <laughs> so we're all moving around this world and that i feel like that piece of common humanity of recognizing that both for ourselves and others that it's okay we've got this like we've got a path we've got intention especially if we have intention we i can handle this i just need to give myself a moment that person's going to be okay i'm going to support them in whatever way i can and we just have compassion for the moment that it's just a moment of humanness and it's going to come and go.
0: Yeah. There's so many great things in there and kindness towards self. We're all crashing into each other. We're all here having a human experience bumping into each other. You know, we try and keep ourselves on a sort of straight and narrow, but like you say, we can't control other people, even though much like much to our chagrin, we would love to be able to think that we can, but we can't and we don't. And now there's an element of finding our common humanity but the piece that i love is like oh that person could be having a difficult moment too um and this episode is likely to go out after the episode that um that i did that talks that, that where i tell a story of a woman who um, was quite sharp with me um in a in an interaction and was and that moment was difficult for me right and i got kind of riled up and what I, the thing that was most helpful for me was to see from, was to try and enter her shoes and look at me through her eyes and, and be, and try and see that, oh, like, she's probably experiencing quite a difficult moment, right? Like, it makes perfect sense that she snapped, no big deal. She's human, we all snap. You know, my favorite tool for those moments
1: that made a total difference in my work life. It was one of the first tools I learned in this mindfulness and resilience work I do. Um, and you've probably heard of it. Is called just like me.
0: Mm. Yes, tell us just like me.
1: So just like me is this tool where I remember <laughs> that I'm human and that other people are human. Just like me, ideally connects us. So it's it's this idea of thinking, just like me, this person wants to be happy. We find some baseline way to connect with that person who was just sharp with us or did something we didn't like. And we just think, you know, and um, so for some people, it's the very baseline. Just like me, that person needs uh, food and water and love, or they don't do well. Or just like me, they want to be happy. But I I tend to be pretty specific with my just like me. (laughs) (laughs) And when I was at the college, um, and I would be butting heads with with a head of a dean from another department, and it seemed like we never were going to agree on anything. Those meetings got so much better when I learned to take a breath and lean back and think, just like me, this person wants what's best for the students. We're not going about it the same way, but we do both want that. And that opened up this little space to find some common ground. Hmm. But I use it in my everyday life. My clients have heard me tell this story about how uh, I live up uh, outside of Missoula here in Miller Creek, which is one way in and one way out, right? And it's a single lane or one lane going in and one lane going out. A few years ago, I was like, driving, I was late, of course, driving into town, and I I was on somebody's butt thinking, really? Can they not go any faster? And all of a sudden, I laughed out loud at myself, and I leaned back in the car, and I thought, just like you, Christine, this person's trying to get somewhere. They obviously left on time. (laughs) (laughs) But it just released that moment of tension for me, and maybe for the CPAs, when somebody walks in their office and they've got a mess of receipts they're handing over, that could be a perfect practice to bring a little humor just even into their body and their heart and their mind, is to be like, okay, I may never handle my finances this way because I know better. <laughs> yeah. But just like me, I have areas of my life that I'm not as organized in. Yeah.
0: Yeah just like this person does or whatever it might be. Yeah. Just like me, I have worries about whether I'll be able to afford this, that or the other, just like me. Yeah. Just like me, I'm not on top of certain parts of my life, the way I'd like to be just like me. I kind of show up in places embarrassed that I don't know as much as I think I should at this point in my life. Yeah. (laughs) When we see somebody else who's struggling like in an office situation, and you've touched on this a little bit, um, but say you work—you know—some of our CPAs, some of our some people in our audience probably work by themselves, and others probably work with other people. And this has been really helpful for us to um, help ourselves when we recognize ourselves struggling. But when when we see somebody else struggling, what are some ways that we might offer them some kind of support? And I struggle with this too, because I don't, like, it just seems so um, kitschy when I'm like, take a breath. It just feels like, so, uh, what's the word? Cliche, right? And I'm just like, oh, I feel like there's got to be something more skillful. And plus, maybe that person wants to, like, just dropkick me when I say that or... Like, how do we support our colleagues when we notice that they're in these? When they
1: want to drop you, kick you, is probably a very honest reaction because when, right, when we somebody tells us to take a breath or calm down, we're like the first words out of our mouth are probably not going to be so nice. (laughs) Shut up!
0: (laughs) Not gonna be. Oh, thank you. Actually, one time that happened in an airport where I like ran up to the gate all in a flutter, (laughs) and the dude was like, "Take a breath," and I was like. (gasps) Uh, oh, oh, you mean I can breathe? I haven't missed the plane. He's like, no, you can settle down. I was like, exactly. Thank you. (laughs) So,
1: you know, I want to go back to, to answer that the way to help one of the many ways, but one of the ways we can help is this. You've noticed you have this awareness of what's going on probably because you felt something similar in the last few days. If you're a CPA and you work in an office of CPAs and it's my belief that the number one thing we miss in our days is feeling heard and understood. And I really, if you can in any way take a moment to sit down across from that person and, and, and not say, take a breath, but say, you know what? I, you seem really frustrated and I get that because yesterday with that one client, I was kind of the same way. Do you want to go for a walk around the block or do you need anything from me? Like that connection, that acknowledgement of, yeah, we're both in this together, can I support you in any way? Um, that first piece is really critical to to somebody feeling like they've been, they're they're not only being called out because they just reacted in a way they wish they hadn't reacted, But more importantly, the people around them aren't judging and actually understand.
0: Mm. It's almost like acknowledge and validate. Yeah. Of course, you're feeling frustrated. That last client who came in really gave you a tough time. Like, of course, you would feel frustrated. That makes perfect sense. Rather than put the demand on them that they should take a breath. Exactly. So what are some of the ways that you bring this into the organizations that you work with?
1: Most commonly, a f- either a whole organization or a team will come to me, and they will determine. Often, they come to me because they're not meshing; they're not working as one, uh, for whatever reason. There's a whole lot of reasons that happen. Uh, some a change just came in, and there's a schism, and some people are liking it, and some people aren't. Mm-hmm. Or, or there's new personalities, or whatever it could be. It can be a whole lot of things. But the way I work most successfully with clients is to listen to them individually, often each team member and find out what are your strengths. What do you feel are the strengths of your team and what are the challenges you're facing right now? And then I develop proactive resilience programs for them. And they're often six month or so program where it's a combination of staff retreats and um, one-on-one leadership boost sessions with each person helping them. So we, I work holistically helping them individually strengthen while strengthening as a whole at the same time. And that really has been found to work really well over time. The team, just as the individual strengthens, they become more comfortable and more willing to be part of a team. And everybody starts to circle around each other and recognize each other's strengths uh, through ongoing ongoing work and usually it just takes a couple months of a combination of maybe like starting it out with a staff retreat and then doing a few months of just like one-on-one work combined with monthly lunch and learns that are webinars sometimes to keep the whole team thing and then we'll end and pull all the concepts together it's really fun to see it to see it the teams the difference between the beginning and the end and how they work together and interact
0: so what are some of the outcomes at the end like what do they say after six months of working together
1: the outcomes generally are increased productivity and it's funny because usually we've been working on how to take the right amount of breaks or how to care for themselves personally and yet there's an increased productivity because there's less time spent emotionally exhausted or worrying about something that's not working that kind of stuff the businesses I work in, a lot of healthcare in different areas, are very demanding. And too often in our society, that is related to stressful and negative. But, what they, but the outcomes that they're finding are that they can still be demanding. They still have a certain amount of work they have to get out every day. They can be demanding, and yet they can be positive and focused and have clarity around what they're doing and how they're interacting with each other. That's really important.
0: So it sounds like they're able to carry the same heavy load, but have the emotionality of it be greatly reduced. Exactly. And the, like, and the risk of exhaustion, burnout, negativity that spreads throughout a company or an organization, all those things can get corralled and maintained and improved upon. Yeah. And when you start
1: improving those things, they're not taking that stuff into their personal life, the whole picture is getting better. There's less sick days. There's all of that type of thing.
0: Less sick days, more engagement while at work. Yep. So probably ends up saving the company a fair bit of money. A lot of money. How much money? Have you quantified this, Christine? (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't, I know somebody who can help you.
1: (laughs) It depends on the type of business. But generally we find that The teams that practice mindfulness and resilience, the people use on average seven less sick days a year. Oh, wow. And so the businesses can quantify that.
0: Wow. That's really great. Holy cow. If people want to connect with you, where is the best place for them to do that? I would love to connect
1: with them. The best place you can easily find me on my website on www.mindfulnessinorganizations.com. I know it's long, but it is only three words, mindfulness in organization. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my email is the same thing, christine at mindfulnessinorganizations.com.
0: Excellent. Christine, this has been such a treat. Thank you so much for coming on the Epic Business Growth for CPAs podcast. Thanks for having me, Geraldine. This been great. Thank you so much, Christine, for coming on the podcast. My two takeaways from this episode are number one, reminding myself to use just like me for when I'm frustrated with that someone else who is doing something that I don't like or being a way that I don't like. It's so helpful to remind myself that, oh, just like me, this person might be having a moment of frustration. Just like me, this person might be a little bit in a hurry because she probably put too much on her plate. Just like me. It reminds me of our common humanity. And the other one is this idea of establishing relaxed and focused as the baseline, the default to return to, rather than imagining that in overdrive is the default and relaxed and focused is something to aspire to. Listeners, I'd love to know your takeaways. You can always email me at geraldine at shethinksbigcoaching.com. And if you want to connect with Christine, you can find her at christine at Mindfulnessinorganizations.com. And her website is mindfulnessinorganizations.com. I will link to Christine's website in the show notes, as well as include the link to the four-minute guided meditation she leads so that you can put that in practice or reach out to her if you would like to connect. As well as the link to her purposeful pause on SoundCloud, And remember, if you could use some one-on-one time with me, head on over to the simple survey at the top of the show notes and try your luck. All right, everyone, that's it from me. I will see you next week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down a 40 Hour CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.